Hello and welcome to the Two Cents Podcast, hosted by Sam and Dean. My name is Sam, I'm an ex-consultant, investment banker, MBA lecturer, and now co-founder of Nova Money. My friend Dean is an ex-professional football player, entrepreneur, and now trader at Real Life Trading. Although we had very different lives, we both chased money in our 20s and realized in our 30s that chasing material things isn't what will bring us happiness. So in this podcast, we will casually share what life taught us about money, happiness, consumerism, and financial freedom. Hello, Dean. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm very good. Today, we're going to talk about investing and why everybody should and must invest. Excellent. I love this subject. Good subject for me. Do you want to start? Yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah, I just took a pause there because it's an exciting time for me. So I like to make sure that I'm drinking in the energy before I talk about what's going on. (laughs) Look, I think we always talk about investing and you always hear the word investing and people don't really understand first, I think, how to and secondly, most importantly, why they should do. And there's a couple of factors. We always hear the reasons why you should invest in terms of some longevity, you know, there's that old saying that, you know, plant the seed today and a tree will grow of some such and you live under a shade tomorrow, right? Or something like that. It's probably completely wrong, but you know what I mean. But I also believe that we should be investing in another way other than monetary value. We should be investing in ourselves first. That's what I truly believe. I heard a really, really good saying, one of my mentors, and he said that he treated himself like a company. And he hired someone who was able to do his finances, someone who was giving him advice on his health and fitness. Um, He actually hired me as a trader uh, to help him trading because he's retired now. And he just wanted, I think he just wanted to speak to me really because he loves my accent. He's from the States. Um, But he, (laughs) he said that he treats himself like a company and we're all his board members. So he has to report into us. And I I loved that analogy. And I thought, okay, that's really cool. So he's investing not only in himself to grow as an individual, but it's also investing into himself so he can create cash flow once he's retired, which I think is phenomenal. He was able to retire at a younger age than most. So he's reti- fully retired now. He's 53 or 54. Um, he could have retired a long time ago, by the way. But he decided that it was time for him to retire because he made smart investments in his life that have now matured and his money is making money, which is what we all want, Right. So that's the reason why I think people should should invest because you can get to your goal and retire earlier once your money is making money to sustain your lifestyle. So it's massively important to start thinking about that now if you want to live your dream life or have an early retirement so we can live in the remaining years that we have on this planet, which are limited, by the way, people. So get that in your head as well, right? Let's start by defining what's investing because I've noticed that a lot of people get the wrong idea and when they think about investing, they think about people in Wall Street or the city doing like crazy bet in front of eight screens. Investing is simply allocating your resources. It can be money, time or energy right now in order to improve your future. Correct. So the most common investing is you invest in the stock market. You put your money now instead of just spending it. You will ask your money to make more money for the future. 
But the most important investment is, as you said, investing in yourself, your own education, becoming a, a better person, because that's always what will yield the highest return. Investment in yourself. And I like a lot this analogy that you have to see yourself as a company. I think if people would do that more often or just like try to think themselves as a company, they would change a lot of their behaviors. Because what you try to do as a company, well, you try to grow. For a company, it's simple because grow is just on financial numbers. But we as human beings, we are not just about numbers. We like to grow and be more free in our relationship, in our personal development, in who we want to become. And the secret to happiness is to be the person we really want to be, to be happy in our relationship, etc. That requires investment. Yeah, it does. And I think if the word investment scares people. One, because sometimes it's a case where, okay, investment means I've got a hand over money. So that's always a scary proposition for a person who is uneducated in that world or hasn't been exposed to that world. But secondly, investment also means long term. And I think too many people think so short-sightedly that they lose track of the longer term. And again, full disclaimer, guilty of sin on this. It took me a long time to get to that process. I was fortunate, I think, from, from previous episodes. How long did I've, it take you? To, what, to fully comprehend it and fully yeah. start to action what I've been taught. It probably literally took me about three years ago to start doing that. Wow. <laughs> Well, again, it was a little bit, um, we had investments and we had savings, but then I lost everything and we had to cash everything in. So I had to rebuild. But the first thing I started to do, and you know, if my wife is listening, she would be the first person to say that I'm telling the truth is as soon as we started to have surplus money, I just reinvested that money into maybe like a new business. It doesn't have to be like stocks and shares or longer term stuff, but I invested into new businesses. Then when that started to generate income, I started to invest in some stocks that I liked and you know, even to this point, I, my aim is to twofold. I, I want to invest. I want to become like an angel seed investor. I love that sort of entrepreneurial startup type of environment. I wouldn't mind being on the other end of that, you know. So it's like, and I want to give people the opportunity to, to in, you know, enrich their lives type of thing. So that's a big thing for me. Awesome. You would make a great angel investor. Well, I think I'm the most positive person in the world. So they would just be like, this guy's great. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going tits up. I'm like, no, don't worry about it. Just keep going. But no, you will, and I love to, that. you will learn that you will need to say no a lot of times. Yeah, I just learned from my wife. She's very comfortable with saying no when I put in requests to go golf. So I will just take <laughs> that. <laughs> I'll let her do my talking for me. Um, but no, so that's, so yeah. So I, again, the first thing I did was get to start investing again, just to, to get back on my feet. Because I understand, I understand the whole compounded interest aspect, which is not stressed enough anywhere you know and I think once you can get your head around that you start to realize how easy money can make money and then that's when it starts to open up your mind and it becomes like an addiction you just want to keep doing it now don't get me wrong I've made some bad investments I've made some bad investments in trusting people that haven't worked out I've made some bad investments decisions when I passed on bitcoin like a long time ago you know so it's you're not always going to get it right and there is a certain amount of risk that comes with investing especially in the financial markets but no, I've never heard anyone become rich from savings. I have heard a lot of people become rich from investing. So that's why it's, for me, hugely important for people to understand that and start very small and start to a position where you're, you know, you're comfortable with. And then as you get used to that process, then you can scale it. It's like anything with business, right? You try to find the formula that works and once it does, then you try to scale. 
as you said, a lot of people are afraid of investing and that's the reason that they don't invest because they think they're losing time or money or effort right now, but they don't yet see the benefit of what they're building. And the only way to see the benefit is to have the financial education. Mm -hmm. Correct. It's very hard when you see the money only as a tool to enjoy the present, have like more shopping, going out in fancy restaurants, etc. Oh, if you invest, then you're losing something. I hand over the money, I don't get anything back. I don't know when it's going to come back. Oh, it's risky. But the real risk is life, is not to take any risk. Yeah, 100%. These phrases don't come from nowhere, like fortune favors the bold, right? That doesn't come from, that's come from someone who has taken the risk and it has succeeded. Um, I like Elon Musk's story, right? It's, you know, he sold PayPal for X amount, right? Whatever it was, you might know more than me. One million. One, there you go. And he had a decision to make. What does he do with it? And he invested in what Tesla and SpaceX, right? So, and then mm-hmm. slept, then borrowed money to sleep on his friend's couch. So, you know, other people, one billion, they're done. You're not seeing them for dust. They probably bought an island in the British Virgin Islands somewhere <laughs> and they're done. They got full staff just to fan them when they're hot and serve them cocktails. But he took another risk and is now the richest man in the world. And I believe that's what, as an investor, you have to have a certain amount of risk, okay? But you can have a risk that you're comfortable with. It doesn't have to be all in. I think that's the problem with some people. When I tell people that when they trade, I, they say to how much did, do I need to start with for a trading account? And my first answer to that question is, well, how much are you prepared to lose? So whatever number you're prepared to lose is the number that you should be risking trading because you could lose everything on that, right? So don't overextend yourself is is the first thing that I would always warn people when they're trading or investing. I see a lot of similarities between investing and going to ski. Have you ever skiing? I don't like the cold, Sam. I'm a very tropical person. So uh, <laughs> anything with snow, I try to avoid. It looks good on TV, though. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You're from the sun. So the reason I, I'm making this analogy is when you ski, the first reflex is to be scared because you start uphill and you look at down and whoa, it's dangerous. What if I'm going to fall? And when you start to have this mindset, then you have a lot of counterproductive behaviors because in skiing is counterintuitive. The only way not to fall when you ski is to put all the weight on your leg, which is downhill. When you're a complete beginner and you have never skied, it sounds crazy. What, if I put my weight downhill, I'm going to fall. Yeah. I'm going to crush myself. That's what our intuition tells us. But actually, it's the complete opposite. Because the only way to control our balance and our weight is to put on like 90% of the weight on the downhill foot and then turn. And whenever we turn, we always need to shift the weight to the foot, which is downhill. And it takes a bit of practice and education to pass over that fear level and to learn, oh, actually, when you do it and when you apply what other good skiers do, it works. It's actually even fun. And then you want to do it even more and more and more and get faster because initially, well, you're a bit frustrated, you you ski very slowly. And I find it's very, very similar with investing. People just don't get the intuition of the compounded profits, compounded interest. 
you can tell people, oh yeah, it's going to grow very fast. But it's not intuitive. The component profit, as a general rule, will always go and increase faster than what you believe it will. It's crazy. Yeah, that's right. I totally agree with that. I heard you told me a story that when you interviewed someone on your other podcast, I think you mentioned on this podcast previously, and I also read something, I can't think where the article was now, but it was a lecturer designed speaking to people at school. And he said, if you went to cut gardens for the next 30 days or whatever it was, and each day you start off at $100 and then each day it will go up to 200 and then 300 and then 400 That's how you can get paid. Or you can get whatever it was, like a dollar per day and then it doubles every day. Which one would you take? And It's even worse. There you go. It's either you take 1 million cash right now and you try to find a small island, very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Or you take one cent that doubles every day for one month. It's crazy. See, I know the answer now, so I'm taking the latter. Yeah. <laughs> the cent doubling every day for an entire month will totals more than a million dollars. That's the power of the compounded and the exponential function. When was you first exposed to compounded interest? When did you first have an experience with that? 17 years old, last year of high school when I was studying the exponential function. Wow, there you go. Very different to mine. Mine is not really considered compounded interest, but it made me question how this happens. It was when I was gambling on the horses. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, That's I, financial behavior, <laughs> gamble <laughs> on horses. <laughs> well, well, you know, we was out and it was fun. And, uh, how old I were you? <laughs> Uh, I think I was early 20s. It was early 20s because, yeah, I never really been into that. I was a footballer up until then, so I, I didn't know nothing. You know, we, we didn't get to anything about football. You could gamble their football, football matches. I know, but we, I was a pro, so we wasn't allowed to, right? That's uh, part of the contractual thing. Just but, like um, traders are not allowed to trade in the market. It, well, exactly. That's it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you imagine... So what happened was, we was just a, a bet on a horse, and this is my first... Exp I've never done this before. I was never a gambler, so I remember betting on a horse and it actually came in it won I was like oh great and I remember looking at my, the winnings and working out oh it was like I don't know say it was like 10 to 1 just for argument's sake I couldn't believe I got my actual gambling money back so I was like oh hold on I, <laughs> I got I got the money that I gamble with plus the profits this is crazy stuff I just become a professional gambler of course I went on to lose the rest of my winnings from that <laughs> from that <laughs> maybe the drink didn't help as well I started to bet on all the long shots if I had if I get my money back and bet on that horse that's a thousand to one that falls over <laughs> the first hurdle then uh, <laughs> but you know so that was my first exposure to oh okay so this is how money works type of thing which led me on to go and do some research and find out about other things and go outside of my family's uh, education and say, look, just put all your money in a sa in an ISA and just save that year upon year. And one day you might have enough to buy a loaf of bread. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it, it was stuff like that that opened me up to this type of thing. For me, it was at high school when we started to study the exponential function and he, the history behind the exponential and why it's so important. And then during the whole year when we studied math, we had to understand this function and how it behaves. So we had a lot of analyses and a lot of exams to understand how quickly does an exponential function grow. We try to compare it with all the other functions like linear function, polynomial function, and most processes in the world are kind of linear or polynomial. And then we see that the exponential is always, always winning 
in the long run. And the key is to understand that interest rate and compounded profit are all exponential functions. There you go. And then when you understand that, you're the king of the world because you have unveiled the eighth wonder of the world. And wasn't it Albert Einstein that said that? That's what's from Albert Einstein. And ironically, Albert Einstein was a horse I bet on that didn't win for me, so. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But no, but there you go. So look, if you was talking to your younger self, I love these type of questions, right? So just hear me out. If you were your younger self, how would you talk to yourself about investing, knowing what you know now? And you can be any age. What age can be? My kids are are slightly behind everyone else's kids, so it would seem they eat mud. So I, I have to have this conversation with them later on down the line. But, you know, say 12 years of age, when you're starting to understand, okay, I get pocket money and I can buy stuff with that. Mm, 12 years, I wouldn't change anything. I guess I would start at 19 and try to invest as little as maybe 10 euros per, per quarter, which sounds ridiculous, but at least it would have got me in the, into the habit. Yeah. And at the time, if I had invested, I, I wasn't, I was like a such huge fan of Google. I love this company. I followed all their products. I was the beta users when they released Gmail, all their new features. And I wish I could invest in the company. I mean, if I had invested my money in Google, I would be in a great position by now. <laughs> you definitely would be in a great position. Didn't one guy sell his shares out for like 800 quid or was that another company? And now he's uh, kicking himself a lot. Unlucky. Yeah, I think for me, I would have needed to talk to myself at 12. Because 12, 12, yeah, I would say so. Because my mindset was already programmed to be a consumer. I was already trying at 12 to keep up with the latest trainers, the new PlayStation game. And I did, because it was quite expensive and we didn't come from, you know, an affluent family. um, I had to earn that money. So I had to go and help, you know, my nan and granddad with some chores around the house. I had to go and help the neighbors carrying some bits and pieces for, you know, for their shopping, for example, for my nan and granddad to give me money. I had to go and earn that. So I knew the value of earning money, but then I would just go and spend it all on on actually stuff that I shouldn't have. Maybe, maybe that was your only motivation to earn money at the time. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Well, we had to, yeah, of course, I was 12 years of age. So what I used to do as well was go into like Tesco's and just buy multi-packs of Coca-Cola and then just go and like sell them individually to the students in, in our school until I got told off by the, the principal and uh, my, my, <laughs> my grandparents were called in and my granddad was not happy. But yeah, he didn't know whether to like, you know, pat me on the back or smack me on the bum, if I'm honest. But, um, you know, so again, but I didn't break that chain. It was always to be a consumer, which is designed, it's all around us, temptations there. It's like living mm. in the Garden of Eden with the poison apple, right? You know, oh, by the way, you're feeling down. You just go and buy this new jacket. It's a hundred quid. So, you know, it would cheer you up in the rain. But what I should have, what I would love to have known, or what I know now is what I'm trying to teach my kids. If they want something, go and invest in a company. You tell me what you want, right? You tell me what you want. You know, my, my daughter loves Disney. So I just go every month, I go and buy some Disney shares. Just buy it and I just stack my position because I know in my head, pardon me, mentally, that at some point, that's going to give me a return or a dividend that is paid for all the crap that I've laid out for all these years. So at least, <laughs> at least, at least well, Walt Disney's paid for it and not dear old dad. I remember at the time I was making money by selling CDs on music, videos, video games a lot. And everything that I was earning, I was reinvesting into my computer and buying more stock of CDs and then DVDs. So we, I was both 
consumer because I wanted to have the latest computer, the most powerful, so that I could download more, I could burn a lot of DVDs, and I could also use that computer for my personal use. At least I managed to self-finance, so I managed to pay for my own internet connection at the time, and I managed to pay for my own computer. I've sold, I've sold so much DVDs, like the entire <laughs> series of like <laughs> mangas and movies. Um, my collection was very extensive for the time, and we're talking of the other. Okay, maybe now it doesn't sound that relevant, but at the time, it was the early days of the internet. I was one of the very first to buy my own DSL connection when most wow. of the people had, you know, the 56K old modem? If you don't know what this sound is, it means you're too young and that's good for you. You never knew <laughs> this era. You never knew the struggles of the internet. <laughs> I think the younger generation today, can't. their head would explode if I had to tell them that in order for us to access the internet, I had to be at a desktop and I used to have to stay there. Otherwise, internet doesn't exist. And it was slow. It was slow. It was Only slow. Only one you... person at a time in the whole household could have access to the internet. That's right. And, and, and if somebody was calling, then no more internet. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, you were time counted. Yeah. You maybe had like 20 hours per month. It's so true. 50 if you were rich. If, if I was a younger person now, I'd be all over this. I'd become the richest person in the world with the resources that everyone has. They do. Because you go back to, you know, when our, my grandparents were alive and things and in their generation, it's tough to invest then. You know, there was certain mm -hmm. a certain red tape that you had to go through. I mean, that's probably even of coming up to sort of later years. But other people like Robin Hood, I know they're going through some of their stuff at the moment. But, you know, they've made it really accessible for people to start investing in stocks and shares and things. And I think it's a lot easier now for people to invest. So what if someone want to invest, Sam, and they come to you and say, look, Sam, former investment banker, You've got a phenomenal company that helps people save and is going to get them to that position where they can have surplus income. Like, What advice would you give to someone? Get yourself comfortable with the concept of taking a risk. Taking a risk is something that is kind of very poorly seen and understood in our society and education. It's mostly seen as something negative. But the risk that we take into investing is actually just a short-term risk. It's essential for everybody to understand that when you are investing a long-term, over a period of 30 years, 99% of people make money. 99%. Of course, in the short-term, anything can happen. But investing is just a long-term thinking. If you don't, that's where you'll take the risk because you will fall behind. There's the inflation. And it's also essential to understand what's inflation. Inflation is the global increase of prices. For example, just this last month of May in America, the inflation was, according to the sources, around 4%. Wow. In the whole year now, the inflation is expected to be at around 10%. That's crazy. If you're just a consumer and your only source of income is what you will get as a job being employed, 
your salary will probably not increase by 10%. That's the reality. The inflation is not affecting everybody in the same way. The price of goods increases, but the salaries don't increase that much, so companies make more money. The only way to benefit from inflation is to be an investor. And inflation is the biggest economic disadvantage accelerator. Why? Because people who have assets get richer. They do absolutely nothing. All their assets increase in price. Your house, your stocks, everything that you own. And if you have no assets because you spend everything, you don't invest or you think it's too risky, then life is going to get more expensive and you get more broke. So the real risk in life is not to invest, especially when we are in high inflation. And the past 20 years have been low inflation, but back in the 80s, 70s, all across Europe and I think even America, the inflation used to be very high. Yeah, yeah. And in high inflation, you have to be an investor. Otherwise, you'll be crushed. Totally agree. Totally agree. There's a really good book about that. It's called How to Own the World. I'm not sure what the author's name is, but just Google that. And that talks about inflation and in particular the UK and how the pension rates are going now. If you you want to learn more about that, then I'll just go suggest to maybe pick up that book. For me, I'm, I'm always one to say to people, just go and do something, right? It's, the fear of it is actually scarier than the actual doing it, right? So, and I'm not a financial advisor yet. I am undergoing my qualifications, though, by the way. Started today, my mind is frazzled. But anyway, but what I can say to people is just go and do something. So how I first started in, investing into companies, for example, or stocks, is I just want to invest in companies that I knew and I trusted because I use their products every day. So my first ever investment was Facebook. I bought one share of Facebook because I understood how Facebook operated. I understood how they made their money, probably because I come from a marketing background. So I just, (laughs) shock horror. Um, So I just bought one share because I was comfortable buying one share. And I thought, okay, if what I think, you know, if the worst happens and Facebook goes to zero tomorrow, then all I've lost is that one share. And I can't think how much it was now, but it was, you know, high 100. So 120 quid, for example, say. I'm comfortable losing 120 quid. I spend more than that on my kids when we just walk out down the beach. You know, they pick up buckets and spades and (laughs) and it's crazy, right? So I think I can lose that. They can go without a new bucket and spade for a month. Um, So I did that. And then when it started to make money, I just took it out because I was excited. Oh my God, like, you know, it's 120 quid. And it only went up like, you know, went up like $10 or something. Oh, I've got 130. I've done. But it got me excited and it got me educated. I think if you're like me, I learn better when I'm practicing something, so I'm a practitioner, of course you have to do some form of reading, right? You can't just go in and do stuff. But I learn better that way by actually physically doing something. So if you're wanting to get involved and not sure how, then just just go and pick a company that you like and just go and buy one share and that's it and don't spend no more. Yes, the same way that when you want to start skiing, you do step by step and you ski very slowly and you try to imitate those who ski well then investing in the same thing. We should all start by investing a small amount that may sound ridiculously low, but it doesn't matter because it gets into the mindset that actually you can invest money, you can take risk, and actually you don't feel any more stress in life, quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then once you learn, then you'll invest a bit more and you learn the counterintuitive things 
you need to invest long-term, ignore the short-term noise, ignore whatever is going on, just focus on long-term. And then you'll increase and increase. And once you get a salary increase, you will invest more and more. And you can see that growing over time. Actually, investing is not complicated. The only complicated part in investing is to save money. Yeah, no, correct. That, that is the most. Because people see investment as a luxury rather than a necessity. And, oh, I need surplus money, right, to, in order to invest. But at the moment, I can't. You know, I go to work. Um, these are my outgoings. So I've only got this amount left. And, you know, I need to pay yeah. for my Netflix. I need to... iPhone go... 12 Max Pro is a necessity. Investment it's... is a luxury. Exactly. That's exactly it. So it's about, you know, what do you want in your life? And again, we've harped on it before. You know, you have to live by your mouth and your actions have to work in synergy. They can't be opposed to each other. And that happens a lot in our society. And it happens a lot. It happened a lot to me. I was the biggest one for that. I was always, yep, I'm going to invest. Don't worry, next your next month and take that. I'm going to invest. But there's always be that opportunity to go out to an expensive restaurant with my one of my friends and his girlfriend, or there would always be this uh, this new clothing that I thought, you know, that I'd, <laughs> I'd get that this month, and then ne- and that just went on and on and on to the point when we lost everything. I had nothing coming in. Where if I'd have had some form of investments or some, you know, uh, well, we did have some investments which we were lucky to cash in at, at the start of it all, but by that time. That we used all the money just to survive. But if I'd had longer term plans that were making compounded interest, then I would have had a less stressful life in that period when I needed it. So you don't, it's like anything. It's like insurance, right? I hate insurance brokers. You know, they phone me all the time offering me new house insurance or offering me new phone <laughs> insurance. I hate them to the degree where I'm like, sometimes I don't even want to pay the astronomical prices that they, they give to me. But the moment something happens in my house or if my phone breaks and I get paid back out for it, then, you know, I'm glad I, I made that investment to them because now I'm covered. I haven't got to lay out 10 grand because my guy next door had a leak and my wall's falling down. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so it's going beyond that short term site, trying to go for the longer term things and just do what I've done and invest in good companies and then forget about them. And then, you know, carry on trying to build other revenue streams by being a hustler and by being an entrepreneur. <laughs> the problem nowadays is when I talk to people who want to start to invest, they want to become rich right away. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We, we all want to have this magic button. You press the button, you're good looking, you're handsome, you're smart, you're in good health and you're rich. How great would that be if that button existed? Though? <laughs> oh, I'd be pressing it all the time. I tell you. <laughs> Where's the product? Where's that magic button? But the problem is whenever somebody's trying to sell you this magic button it's a scam yeah exactly it doesn't exist no exactly there's no one who's got rich quick apart from people who've won the lottery and you've got like i don't know the statistics on that right and those people are not ready for that type of of money exactly because they're not ready (laughs) they haven't had the time to they can barely manage their monthly income they still have a poor mindset they get lots of money they burn it and believe it or not but they can burn like 10 million pounds and get broke exactly that's right and that's it. And I heard a horror story once of, of the, some guy in the UK who won the lottery and was still maxing out credit cards to sustain his lifestyle with ridiculous amounts of interest. And I think one of them he had was like a, an unlimited amount of spend. And he was just keep spending, spending, spending. And, you know, sooner or later, it catches up to you. They just make the banks rich in the end. I know. So banks are like insurance brokers. They always win in some t- <laughs> <laughs> Or the casino. <laughs> Look, banks win when people make 
bad financial decisions and irrational decisions. Yes, indeed. They're very good at punishing irrationality. And as you know, as an ex-marketer, people often have irrational behaviors. And we're always punished for that. Yeah, that's it. We feed off that, <laughs> the irrationality of people buying or overspending. That's, you know, that's what we get hired for. As an agent, you get hired by these companies who want you to exploit <laughs> that. You know? But that's why now I want to give back to communities for my sins, Sam. You know, I've, taken, I've helped these big companies grow and taken money from us, the, the people. Now I'm giving back. <laughs> and the rational thing to do if you want to have like a good balanced life, be financially free and not stress about money is to invest. It's yeah. that simple. That's exactly it. Just invest. And if you haven't got any surplus money, look at, take a look at your bills. Take a look at your expenditure. Figure out where you can you know, cut some corners to it to, or cut some things out, I should say, in order to be able to create that surplus money to invest. Because if you make them decisions today, you're going to go through some short-term pain, but you're going to get some long-term gain. If you really believe that you don't have any surplus money, then try to invest one pound, one euro, one dollar a month. Exactly. And if you think you don't have $1 per month to invest, then you're lying to yourself. Yeah. Especially unless you're you... still a student, obviously. But <laughs> Yeah, but unless you're drinking from Starbucks every day because you could save yourself seven quid for a fancy latte, right? Come on, man. You can do this. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Saving money is easy. You just need to, to want to do it. It's easy. So I hope we have convinced you guys. Start investing in your future. Start right now. Don't delay it. The biggest risk is not investing. Exactly. You will be crushed by the inflation. Your purchasing power will decrease. Everything will get more expensive and you won't have more money. The only way to counter that is to have assets and assets are what will make money for you while you sleep. And the way to do that is through investing. The easiest way, just buy an ETF on a diversified portfolio. You don't even need to think. Make a direct debit one pound, 10, 100, 1,000, anything that you think you can afford and you're on the investor financial class. There you go. And people, you owe it to yourself. If you want to live your dreams, then you, need, you can't be working nine to five jobs until you retire at 65 and you know, have the remaining years of your life in a retirement home, right? Try and retire early, invest, compounded interest. Go, if, you, if you're struggling to save, Nova Money Mind, go to Nova Money. Nova Money will help you out with that. And uh, yeah, look, hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dean. Cheers, Sam. Take care. Hi there, listeners. Dean Ashley Bradshaw here. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's a real pleasure for Sam and I to give our two cents on anything related to business, entrepreneurship, investments, and savings. Equally, if you want to find out how an AI app can revolutionize your savings, then head over to NovaMoney.com. And if you've got a spare five minutes on your hand and want to find out more about me, head over to RealLifeTrading.co.uk. I'll see you on the next episode.